Let's try that again from the top. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dedicated Nerds Podcast, Episode 9. I'm Rob Fiorandino, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Carney. Hello, Carney. Hello, Rob. <laughs> and Dave. Hello, Dave. Good day, all. I'll have to be put I have to put our whole first take in the show or that won't make any sense at all. So uh thanks for joining us, everyone. <clears throat> uh today we're gonna talk about some very exciting stuff, but first we have some follow up regarding the consumer reports rating system. Oh god, so that was two whoever, weeks ago. <laughs> who whoever put that in the show notes, please please expound on that. Well, I did, but and at the time I went and looked at it because we had the discussion about consumer reports and how, you know, at least I felt like the ratings didn't quite do the jobs, but I couldn't, it'd been years since I'd done anything, so I, I couldn't quite remember and I was kind of wandering, so I thought I could clear that up and that was two weeks ago, so now it's all leaked out of my head again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do remember the consumer reports system had circles with lines through it and like the top of the circle is filled in and the bottom of the circle is filled in and sometimes they were black and sometimes they were red and that just struck me as extremely confusing unless you were really steeped in the consumer reports uh mythology that that's it in a nutshell is that you know i don't know about other people but me what i want is a okay here's here's the prices of the things this is good. This isn't good. You know, like you did with for the the headset for me. You know, you went and looked at it and right. you said, "Here's what I recommend because this is a reasonably priced thing that will do the job for you." That's what I want from a recommendation. I don't want you to do you know some kind of info dump where I have to go look up the physics of sound transmission before I even understand <laughs> the words you're using. And sometimes, but, but that report, is very fun though. So I mean, let's be honest, that's some cool. Of stuff. Of course, we live for that. But you know, we don't have enough time right now. Anyway, I kind of hear a slipping from the uh, nerd status here. (laughs) Well, so so shall we talk about rockets? I could get into the chemistry of rockets. (laughs) But pray continue with your rant, Carney. No, I just they gave too much detail, and you tended to get lost in the weeds. I or at least I got lost in the weeds of a lot of their recommendations. You know, they'd have the 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 best for the price, the cheapest, the you know best overall, the worst overall, and I just wanted to know: is this good enough or not good enough? My recollection is that they spent more time and effort worrying about the form rather than the function. Yeah, and you know, form is very subjective. So don't tell me what I should like you know, to look like. Tell me how it goes. Also, a fair thing because i remember just at one point i was looking for washer dryer and they were talking about the finish you know (laughs) as long as the thing doesn't rust what do i care (laughs) it's going in the least visible room of the house it's going to be covered in cobwebs in my basement in three weeks anyway so who cares so speaking of reviews i would i wanted i put this next one in there and i sprung it on you carney but i want to hear how your new tablet is working out very pleased with it. Um, Roberta, my wife, has started uh, using it. We've got a exercise bike, a stationary bike, and that she uses. 
and she's been using the tablet to watch Netflix while she's on the the stationary bike, and it 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 works great for as a reading tablet for me. It works great as a you know around the house Netflix thing, which is pretty much all we use it for. But it's very good at that. I mean, you know, the, the Wi-Fi works well. The, there's no hesitation. Plenty of storage. I mean, considering that I paid less than a third for that tablet than I paid for my phone. I think it's an awesome deal. What what did you pay for it again? I got it. It was a couple hundred bucks. 180 bucks. Yeah, that's that's great. Well, good deal. Yeah, I know that uh, Apple's got a new one that came out this year for 329 and uh, all the other ones that are less than a couple hundred bucks. So I really think the uh, tablet form factor is kind of starting to come on come come into its own. Um, I'm actually using my tablet to edit the podcasts and yeah. I'm not sure if I'll buy another laptop or if I'll just kind of probably going to buy, I'm actually going to probably buy an iPad pro when they come out. And by the time people are listening to this podcast, they've probably already been announced, but uh, they look pretty cool. And uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to buy another laptop. I know Dave, you've got uh, a couple dozen laptops at your house, right? Are you, uh, are you contemplating the tablet future anytime soon? No, not really. We'll probably be replacing my wife's, but I I still really enjoy the keyboard and touching my screen makes me sad, so. <laughs> is yes. that cuz you're extremely cleanly or what is the what makes you so sad about that? Well, I actually I I do seem to have fairly oily fingers and so I'm spending all my time cleaning up after myself. It just ah, compulsive cleaner. <laughs> Well, if you can't see the screen because it's covered in oil, then, you know. You must have really oily fingers because I don't think I've, I think I, I guess maybe every once in a while I like take my iPad and wipe it off on my belly to clean it off. (laughs) (laughs) I do that too. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's what what bellies are for. Come on. (laughs) You got a a nice soft t-shirt on. I'm going to clean my laptop. (laughs) It's great. <laughs> Dave, Dave probably doesn't have a big enough. <laughs> okay, I think I've got it back together wow. again. I, I, yeah, I hope I you can edit think, that out. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my best to keep as much of it as I can. Uh, I just think Dave's belly probably isn't big enough to really <laughs> do that wiping maneuver. So. You kind of need a kind of protruding belly to really make that work. Um, uh, on a related subject, um, is that you know what you were saying about the form factor? Is I don't have a laptop. We're not. My wife has a work laptop, but I don't. And what I find is that it's a. I'm not giving up my desktop PC anytime soon, and for, but for any time that I'm not wanting to be sitting in front of my computer, and yet I still want to have access to doing stuff. It's way better than the phone for for non-phone kind of thing. You know, the phone's great when you're walking around. You don't want to be carrying a tablet. The tablet's great when you want to just be sitting down away from your computer, you know, but you're in the house, so you don't have to worry about the fact that you're lugging around a, a pound of tablet. And the desktop is great when you, you know... The ergonomics of it, the keyboard and everything. When you want to have something that has some graphic power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but I'm I'm... I do think, at least for the Android, 
ecosystem, the um, tablet, the tablet is definitely a thing. It it works well. Well, that's kind of good to hear. I mean, I, I'm a big Apple fan, and I love the iPads, and I've, I'm on my second one, and I'm going to be buying a third one soon. But I think even from <clears throat> Android has kind of been lagging behind, I think, historically for tablets. And it's it's nice to hear that they're they're putting their best foot forward, if only that it gives Apple a little bit of competition and spurs them on to keep making things better. And Yeah, anything you do on your phone that you wish you had a little bit more room – will be great on a good tablet. I mean, this Lenovo tablet, you know, well, any, like I said, anything that you do on your phone that you like doing you can in Android, you can do on a tablet and not worry about how it's going to work. So, Dave, are you just so locked into to the laptop form factor that you just don't even want to consider a, a thing, or do you just, like, try to get away from the computer when you when you're not sitting on the computer or sitting near the computer or what's well, a couple things a couple things at play one i do have a 10 inch lenovo business class tablet that i won in a, a raffle um so i have one but i it sits there in a off and dark condition for you know 167 hours a week at least so really you just it's your work habits don't don't benefit from a tablet or, you know, your whatever habits don't benefit from a tablet. Yeah. Well, and then you combine that with the fact that uh, my wife bought me a very comfortable desk chair. So I sit at my desk when I want to be comfortable. Um, So that gives me the opportunity to use a full keyboard and a real computer. Um, So, and then, yeah, what, what was being said was when I step away, I'm usually doing something that isn't, computer it isn't internet it isn't uh app related so at that point um oh and then the uh, the final thing is that i bought a you know when i bought my iphone 7 i bought the the giant version of it so i practically have a tablet there yeah my phone's a six inch one and uh, you know for a lot of people i think that would that would almost be a quasi tablet yeah that's interesting Ed, that you your your iphone 7 plus is is uh, kind of taking the place of the tablet because I have an iPhone 10. It's a little bit smaller than the 7 Plus. I think it's the screen is about the same height, but it's interesting. I find myself carrying around both the tablet and the phone when I kind of go over to the couch and I have because I have because I have certain apps that are like on the phone and then I have certain other apps that are like like basically anytime I'm reading anything I'm on my iPad, but anytime I'm communicating with anybody it's usually on my phone. So. And that's the thing that I managed to avoid with my my tablet is synced to the phone, so everything that's on the, my phone is on my tablet except for the actual phone functionality. You know, yeah. So. I mean, I've I've got all the I've got all the apps and stuff. I mean, I could send text messages from my tablet and do all that other stuff. It's just that I don't for some reason. I just kind of am in the mo- I, yeah. A little bit surprised about that. I mean, if I had a full size Apple tablet, I mean. Theoretically, you can integrate them, and the only thing you'd oh, be yeah. missing is the opportunity to make a, a phone call. And you know, I no, don't you know. can even link those too. You can. <laughs> it's 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 remarkable. I mean, I can I can I even have an app on my iPad that I can control. My you know, I have a VNC app on my iPad, so I could control my PC or Mac if I wanted to. But it's just I don't know. It's just kind of my the way my brain works or the workflow. I mean, I I'll send a quick text message, but if I want to, I don't know it. It's it's interesting. 
No, I mean, I think you're actually hitting a key point here is that what's important is that your hardware needs to integrate with you. You don't need to integrate with your mm -hmm. hardware. And, you know, mm -hmm. if, if what you got works, that's a, what, what made the tablet great was is that the phone, you know, I, I wanted to be able to read. It's, my phone was my primary reading medium. And the battery life plus the screen size made it, you know, a less than optimal solution. Now at home, my phone sits in its phone location. And, you know, the, the, the tablet really works with what I want to do. But, you know, if the tablet was a nuisance, then it would be like Dave's. It would be sitting someplace, you know, 168 hours a week powered off. It is interesting how technology has kind of advanced to the point where instead of just these general purpose laptops or desktops, we've got all these other devices that are different sizes and different batteries and different screen qualities and things like that that we really can now start picking. They're more like appliances now where we pick mm -hmm. if I want to, you know, it's like I want this iPad or tablet to do some reading and maybe watch a movie while I'm on the couch or while I'm exercising, things like that. But then, you know, if I really want to do some gaming, I can switch. You know, it's it's nice as a nerd to have <laughs> lots and lots of computing yeah. devices well, look available at how, to, to pick from. Look how I went out and bought this tablet is that I had a set of requirements. I wanted something that I could hold in one hand that was Android powered so that I could have my book apps up. You know, and then I went and looked for the hardware. I, I didn't start with hardware. Ooh, look at all the cool things I can do with this hardware, which I think 10 years ago was pretty much the model. You, you got the hardware and then you, you, you learn to, to do cool things with it. Now you figure out what cool things you want to do and go look for the hardware. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm interested to know. I wonder what the next general purpose computing device is going to be. Is that going to be the the voice activated? Uh, what do they they call it? Ambient computing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is a kind. Of, it's kind of a cool. Every time there. somebody brings that up, I think <laughs> back to Scotty and what is it? Star right. Trek Four. <laughs> computer <laughs> bring. <laughs> yeah. He talks into the mouse. Computer. Yeah. Computer. <laughs> Yeah. Hello, Google. Why are you ignoring me? <laughs> so I, 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 I do really think that in five years, maybe, yeah, I think five years, I would say voice is going to be extremely, is going to be much, much better and much more useful. And I think that's going to be one of the primary ways we talk, you know, we I'd take your just money Mike's, on just that, Mike's. but we'd never come up with a metric that we could agree well, on. Well, yeah, I mean, and of course, there, you know, there's uh, always have trouble predicting the technology future, but I, it, whether it's five years or ten years, I think the the point is that it that is going to. I think that's going to be a way that you know. I think the Star Trek future is seems real to me, where that doesn't seem like ridiculous talking to the computer and having it do things and having it kind of contextually understand what you're asking and things like that. I think that's whether it's five years, whether it's 10 years, whether it's more than that. It's, oh, it's, no, I don't think that you're wrong about that. It can be. I just think that people, I, you, the thing, the, the model that comes to my mind is, is way back when I was in college, Coke installed a vending machine, the very first talking vending machine. The thing lasted two weeks. <laughs> Everyone hated they hated it. And th this is just, you know. Was it because it didn't work or because it? Oh, it worked beautifully. Worked. Thank oh, okay. you. Thank oh, okay. you. 
Only it's vetted much nicer than that. I mean, it just it, people didn't want their vending machine talking to them. There's no reason for a vending machine talking to you, and people hated it. I'm just kind of thinking that the uh, the reverse is kind of a problem too. I mean, if I'm in a room with my wife and I want to be interacting with uh, my uh, Alexa device, um, you know, sometimes I don't want to interrupt what she's got going by saying mm-hmm. stuff. So yep. voice command sure. is great. When you're in a room by yourself, um, I don't see it working very well in an office scenario. So, yeah, I, 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 voice is nice, but it is not the solution that's going to work in, like in a public setting or a noisy setting. Or I think the thing that that's getting here's the here's the problem with voice communication is that think about the voice communicating with your computer as if there was another person sitting right next to you at your workstation. And you were talking to them constantly. And that is going to be a problem in almost any situation and with almost any person. You know, what Dave's saying again is that the the voice communication has its advantages. Like, for instance, when you're in the car and you want to say, okay, Google, call Roberta. Okay, Google, you know, do this. But when you're, if you've got even a car full of people, even with my, just my wife in the car, you know, having the, the phone talking over us or us talking over the phone becomes a problem. And it's just, and since you're interacting with your computers constantly, there's just got to be a better way than voice communication. And I feel that, that voice communication is always going to be a secondary specialist thing rather than, as you put it, a primary means of communicating with the computer. Yeah, I disagree with that. I mean, I think that it will be a primary means, but we'll see. I think it will get better at at figuring out when you're actually talking to it. I think it'll be able to figure out context a lot better and it'll be able to I think you'll be able to speak much much more quietly than you are able to right now and and have it be able to figure these things out. But, you know, ultimately I guess we'll see. Yeah, it'll still in my opinion it'll still be a person in the room where you'd rather be alone. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Possibly. But there's times when I would like to have that other person in the room. So, I mean, it, and there's times when I'd rather just type in on my screen. Yeah, and two other points that had come to mind is, you know, like if you're a vending machine, maybe you don't want everybody to know what you're eating. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't even thought about well, that. Privacy. This one I'm talking about just thanked you and told you how much, you know, like, $1, please. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But but Dave brings up a really good point. I mean, privacy is mm-hmm. really a big concern if all the computing is happening in the cloud. And please speak your uh, Visa credit card number now to get your yeah sneakers. yeah no, yeah. They, they're not going to have that's going to be gone. And come on, that's going to be eye, eyeball scanning or thumbprint or it'll just be voice activated. It'll be able to. And I don't know. I'm just making stuff up now. So, all right. Yeah. Cool. So tablets are awesome. Wait, wait, voice wait. is up up for grabs. Oh, you got you got some more on voice? No, well, just the thing what you were saying is that I'm going to tell you right now, as somebody with a security computer security background, there ain't ever going to be an ideal way of doing this, and there's never going to be a situation where your information can't be compromised. It's just learn to deal with it. No, I think that's tr- I think I in general and as a general principle, I agree with you, and I think it's. 
it's having an it's always going to be the what Dave and I used to talk about it as the radar radar detector kind of <laughs> leapfrogging of technology and you're always going to have security and people who are trying to break security and then other smart people trying to make better security and then other smart people trying to break that security and I think there's always going to be that cat and mouse kind of game going on the idea is just to make it and I know you guys both know this but I mean the idea is just to make it more expensive to get your information so that people go <laughs> no people sorry go it's not that targets that's actually not completely talk- true what oh, you're go ahead. Tell, tell, tell me how it really is true then please no just it's kidding. just no uh, just that what i'm saying is that you know you're talking about it as if it's economic constraints but it's just it's not that organized is that the whole problem is is that you've got a thousand monkeys beating away on keyboards and the monkeys don't talk to each other and when you look at almost every kind of security vulnerability there is, it comes down to something stepping on something else. I missed that part. Say that again. Uh, it comes down to something stepping on something else. You know, the, the speculative execution bugs that you're hearing a lot about in the news right now is all because the design of the hardware didn't talk to the design of the software. And now it's built, baked into everything we use, and we can't get away from it. Oh, I'm, I, I don't disagree that that is certainly a concern and a, and, and, a, and a vulnerability that's being taken advantage of right now. But I don't understand how that really negates the point I was making before, or were you not saying that? Well, uh, you, what I understood you saying was that, that it's an economic kind of, you know, that it's a, the leapfrog thing you were talking about. Yeah, you make yeah, it yeah. sound much more ordered. And, you know, like one is driving off the other. And you frequently don't, when you dig into it, you frequently don't find that. It's just, you know, common sense does not really seem to feed into a lot of the decision making that goes into what turns out to be vulnerabilities. You know, if people at the time had thought, hey, this could be a problem, they wouldn't have done it. <laughs> right. No, but but they but once an attack happens, then they spend resources to plug that hole and then yeah. that hole is plugged and so the other people try to find a different hole and then they find a different hole and then the other people try to plug that hole and it kind of goes back and that's what I was talking about okay. going Just, back and forth. Yeah, the root causes though are 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 much more chaotic. <laughs> Oh, sure. Absolutely. And it's the same in like physical security. You know, you may have a, a manufacturer of padlocks that suddenly got a bad batch of steel or whatever it is they're making the locks out of. And, you know, it's like, oh, there's a vulnerability with this certain kind of lock and somebody takes advantage of it and then they don't buy those locks anymore. Or they make different ones or they make better ones. And, and you see Okay. With, Here's what the example so they'll feed what that's I'm That's my saying. analogy. And I'm not sure if it's, I'm not sure if it's really applicable to the digital security world, but you're is that that bad, bad batch of steel you're talking about? If you're using a computer analogy, not only do they get the bad batch of steel, they know that it's a bad batch of steel. They continue making the locks anyway because they don't know how to get any other kind of steel. They issue a new kind of cover for your padlock that protects the bad batch of steel, which you're continuing to make. People keep buying it because the only kind of padlock you can get is the one with the bad batch of steel. That, that's how the difference is that the physical security has got a lot more logic to it. The, on the computer side of stuff, you know, this bad batch of steel analogy propagates for 20 years before somebody finally just throws the whole thing out and doesn't make padlocks anymore. So are you saying that, that they're not 
they're not the vulnerabilities are not fixed because they're papered over exactly know, because it, people don't know that they're, they're okay they're you're saying they're papered over i would say that if they're being papered over if there's a financial reason to paper over them then they'll they'll paper over them if there's a financial reason to fix them then they'll fix them no, the, no the, there's a financial reason to fix it but again the speculative execution problem that's occurring is that it's built into everything and it's built into stuff sure, that's no, being built now and in order for any well, of the invested secu- software to work you've got to continue building stuff that's got this problem built into it so what you end up doing is you end up putting all this kind of frills on top of it in order to protect this error that you cannot fix well i'm guessing the next round i'm guessing the next i'm guessing they're going to start rethinking speculative execution and (laughs) obviously there's some problems with the way they've been thinking about it and you know i mean everything everything that was Everything was built by a person, right? So, I mean, any, anything can be rebuilt. It's just a matter of economics, whether it's worth it or not. So, if you've got something that's bad, it can be replaced. There are multiple chip companies out there. Not, all not making that ones many, with that many. problem. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. exactly right. No, no, no. I understand. It's the, the speculative execution thing is a real problem, and it has led to lots of security vulnerabilities from lots of different manufacturers. Um and there's not that many manufacturers out there, which is a problem. All I'm saying is there is this back and forth, and I don't know that... I mean, sure, there are big problems. There have been big physical security problems. There's been you know all kinds of problems, but eventually, if the economics are there, they will get fixed. And if they're not there, they won't get fixed. I'm curious to what Dave's take on this is. Um, well, I'm trying to keep up. You guys are uh, going mighty quick, but you know, I mean, I'll probably be corrected on this. But to the best of my knowledge, for instance, the speculative execution issue is wide ranging and uh, has not been attacked and used on anyone that you know has made the news yet. So, yeah, I'm not sure how many in the wild exploits. It's it's complicated to use. My guess would be is that if there it is being used, it's probably being used by well. What's the word? Government-sponsored entities, mm-hmm. yeah, right? It, People that are highly motivated and highly financed. Well, the other understand my understanding might be wrong on this too. Is but it's it's not really an issue on my PC or your PC or Rob's PC. It's a problem on PCs where you have lots of different people sharing a processor utilization. On my PC, if somebody's going to go through all that work to exploit a speculative execution issue that means they already have malware on my pc and there's a lot easier ways to do it yeah and it's probably actually a lot cheaper and easier to do social engineering than any of these oh yeah that's always been uh, yeah things yeah the social engineering is the root cause of all security problems and yeah dave uh, you're, you're right i'm using the speculative execution more as a example that's been in the news a lot but you you can go back all the way back to the first 286 or I shouldn't say the, the the 86x chips that have just got because of the way that the hardware works there are just things that can happen that you just you know you end up you end up putting patches on top of patches on top of patches because the fundamental flaw is basically gravity and you can't get rid of it <laughs> right i mean but however there are 
ways of, I mean, they, maybe they have to decide that, okay, well, we have to completely rethink speculative execution, or maybe it's just a bad idea altogether, or we've never been able to do speculative execution without these security vulnerabilities, so let's get rid of it. I mean, okay, that's a possibility. That can be done. It may be very expensive to do that, and, you know, I, anyway, I mean, I think we're we're going, we're kind of going around and around here, and that's fine, um, so... Unless you have anything well, else to add, sure. Is you're, I mean, what you're talking about at the high level, sure, is true. But also, it's happening at you know in a multi-year time frame, and all the problems that people are trying to deal with are operating on a monthly time frame. It's just that, yeah, eventually the problem right. goes away and gets replaced by new problems. But the kind of economic back and forth that you're talking about just doesn't come into play on a practical level for most part. Okay, that's a that, that's a fair point. So uh, our next topic for discussion is uh, treadmills. What, who put this in there, and what the heck? Is- you, you're gonna you're thinking about buying one, and uh, here, let me refresh your memory from something that our audience hasn't heard. Uh, <laughs> you're thinking about buying one, Carney? Is that correct? Yes, we're looking into it. Um, we're get, getting old, and we're getting fat, and we need more exercise, and we don't want to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> is the summary of the the issue so w- my wife's got fibromyalgia she needs to do regular light exercise and she's got a stationary bike but um well i i can't abide by stationary bicycles i need to be walking and moving around so we're looking at getting a treadmill that both of us can use and that's about as far as we've looked at a few the uh, spirit brand that seems to be good and a nordic track that seems to be good but i don't have full information at this point so and dave brought up something about an elliptical trying to sell us on an elliptical instead of a treadmill so maybe we should hear from him well we did look uh we were on a stationary bike went to uh you know okay we want to do something a little bit different than those were considered briefly but um, the elliptical, and of course, it depends on you know wh- what parts of you are weak, or do you have do you have problems with your um, joints? Do you have problems with uh, your feet? You know, but elliptical seems to be easier on the body, just in general, because um, your feet never actually you know you don't lift a hundred percent of your weight off of either foot as you're doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. and you don't have a a motor running. That, you know, if you fall or, I mean, if there's anything that happens on a treadmill, you end up with a sandpapered face. Um, (laughs) Elliptical, you know, you can fall off of it and hurt yourself because of gravity, but it's not going to, in general, it's it's just a safer thing, in in my opinion. So I'm I'm not trying to sell you on it. I just think you should should take a look at them because they they take up about the same amount of space. The elliptical might actually run a few bucks less for a similar quality one, but just something to consider. I know the ones that we have at our gym too. You can you can get ones with kind of an arm thing that's got that that goes in sync with the mm-hmm. elliptical, and that you can and then you get kind of some upper body activity as well. Yeah. Um. I'm, I'm going to mention elliptical to my wife, certainly, but I'm thinking that that's going to be too similar. Really, what we're looking for is light exercise, you know, something mm. with um, tablet or in front of the TV, you know, walk for a mile, step off of it kind of thing. I always think of elliptical as being a little bit more serious in terms of workouts than a, a light, you know, 
Oh, well. We're looking for light cardio as opposed yeah, the, to serious cardio. <laughs> we have the one that we have comes, I mean, they, uh, the ellipticals that you buy now, they come with a little place to mount your tablet. Um, I mean, you can make it as mm-hmm. as light or as heavy duty of workout as you want. So, um, again, not trying to sell it. I just, the idea of, of, of buying something that I have to plug in to have a motor running, I mean, the elliptical has moving parts. The uh, treadmill has parts that uh, seem like me power. You know, just powered. And again, you know, when you when you fall, so you actually you just, have a elliptical. Yes. Yeah, we've had it for probably about three and a half, four years. And you use it, and you like it. Um. Uh. It, when I use it, I like it. What a strange way to say yeah, that. I think he's saying he doesn't use it as much as he should. What about Norma? Does she yeah. use it and like it? Um, she has been hitting it a little bit softer as of late, but when she uses it, she likes it. Okay. So the I didn't realize that the ellipticals did not have a motor, and I know I had a treadmill in my house for quite a while before I kind of stopped using it to my detriment but uh, that's a different story um it was very very heavy is are the ellipticals uh, less heavy no not really i mean it's it's pretty although you can disassemble it and move it around it's it's not a one person task in general but yeah the fact okay. and, and ours does plug in but that's just for the monitoring stuff you could actually just run this thing you know unplugged if you want you just wouldn't be able to adjust a lot of the uh, functionality doesn't have doesn't have a motor in it. Uh, the, well, okay, it has a motor that moves magnets in and out. That ca- you know, the closer the magnet gets to the steel, the harder it is to, you know, it, that's how it it makes resistance. It's not like driving a belt or it, anything. but no. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. So it's got a motor that's working kind of against you. Uh, well, just by moving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little tiny servo. Yeah, yeah, to provide resistance. Just a little tiny. Yeah, servo. I was about to say it sounds like an actuator rather than it. it you could just as easily, on a cheaper model, probably have a, a, a screw adjusted. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, okay. Because, and one added in piece of information to all this is that we used to have a treadmill as well that, well, it died. We didn't bother to fix it because we'd stopped using it. You know, yeah. sort of your like, thing. Oh, so, Thank goodness it died. <laughs> I mean, darn rats, it died. <laughs> right, right. So we know we know we can use a treadmill, and um, you know we're pretty serious about it now. So it, it looks like a good choice to us. But we, I definitely need to think about the elliptical and discuss it with my wife. Well, so that's what, been useful uh, to me. May I, may I ask why? I mean, is is like walking outside a a, a thing that is a possibility as well? Well, we, that, oh my god, I wouldn't want to go outside. Okay, joking aside, <laughs> joking aside is that, yeah, walking outside is an option, but there's several constraints against it, starting with that the Atlanta weather can be somewhat erratic. You know, it's what's, un, what's doable at 80 degrees, pleasant at 70 degrees, and still doable in the 50s becomes somewhat more questionable when it's 30 degrees or 100 degrees or, you know, the rain's coming down sideways or the the, the slope up to the front of the subdivision is now iced over. (laughs) Yeah. Our next part part of the podcast here is uh, what's been good for you this fortnight. Uh, You guys got anything good? Bring it on. Me, me, me. Um, 
Actually, I, it's not so much been good for me, though I, I, I binge-watched something on Netflix called Disenchanted. It's by the guy who did The Simpsons. And um, I think you would like it, Friday. I don't have a sense of whether Dave would like it or not, but it's it's this animated. Is, this is Rob. My nickname is Friday, just in case you guys haven't figured oh, that out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> bad, bad right. carny. I'll slap my paws. <laughs> Um, anyway, it's Disen- disenchanted though we were talking about. Yes, animated series. I think it's got eight episodes or ten episodes, but it um, it's very Simpsonish, but with a a fantasy setting about a princess who basically doesn't want to be a princess. So, I I would I would suggest taking a look at it. It's less my cup of tea, but I still thought it was okay. Excellent. And this is the Matt Groening. Uh, thing like you said the guy who did the simpsons and it's actually called disenchantment oh disenchantment sorry yes which and but there'll be a link in the uh, show notes to the wikipedia page if you guys are interested you can check that out glad to hear that was good this fortnight uh dave what do you got well i guess i'm i'm back to playing wow a little bit kind of you know they just came out with the expansion. I was kind of concerned about my uh, interest in the game and if I was going to have to look for something new. And it seems like they've done enough nice things that uh, I'm actually starting to enjoy playing the game. So it's a good thing for uh, good for the good thing for me. Good. Yeah, I, I agree with that one too. I really have enjoyed the new World of Warcraft. I hadn't had, I haven't had as as much time as I'd like to play. It's been so good, actually. I've been kind of like, oh, I wish I could play. Because I think the writing is is really good. I think the stories. I mean, the story's a little bit ridiculous, but it's kind of a, it's a fantasy game. It's going to be a little bit ridiculous, but it's pretty good. I mean, I think it kind of hangs together and it's pretty fun. What do you think, Arnie? You've been playing. I think it's better than the previous one. They. My pet peeve on the last one was is that especially a couple of the zones they had with the combination of my eyesight and the way they implemented the zones, I spent most of the last expansion walking off cliffs, you know, which <laughs> at least this expansion is flatter. <laughs> yeah, know? the last expansion was very frustrating. You know, you knew exactly where you needed to be and it was 60 yards away from you and you had to... you. Just because of the lay of the land, you had to walk for about three or four minutes just to get there, and you had to know which direction to go. So it was, it was like a. And if you made a mistake, you walked off a cliff. (laughs) Yeah, it was just it was like a maze without a good reason. I didn't see any reason why we, you know, should have to figure out how to get from point A to point B. This is not a map puzzle. Yeah. Right. Right. Excellent. Well, I'm happy to hear that you guys are both enjoying that as well. Um, I'll, uh, mine is, uh, my son as uh, my, uh, my relationship with my son is getting a lot better. This last couple of weeks, we did another podcast. Ben and I uh, host a podcast together called show Dino as a very subtle plug. Right. Um, but, uh, it's been nice to see my son's 23 years old and it's nice to see him kind of turning into a, a, a fully grown human being with, uh, some, uh, with, you know, his own person. He's his own, yeah, he's becoming his own person. Thank you. Yeah, he's kind of maturing and uh, making his way in the world. And so that's been really nice to see this week. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Go. And just, I mean, we're all typically a pretty big mess until at least 25. So he's, uh, he's, a, he's, yeah. he's ahead of schedule. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he is a little bit ahead of schedule. Yeah, that's good. 
Yeah, you know, you're you're right, Dave. That's a a pretty big mess until twenty five. It pretty well sums me up too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Well, this has been a great episode. Thanks, guys. Uh, if you guys want to, if any, if you listeners out there want to contact us, we are dedicated nerds at Twitter at dedicated nerds at Twitter or uh, dedicated nerds at gmail dot com, or you can visit the website dedicatednerds.net. Don't forget to rate us in iTunes. Smash that like and subscribe button. Wait, that's YouTube. Uh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> say goodbye, Carney. Goodbye, Carney. Say goodbye, Dave. Everybody have a great week. And I will say goodbye as well. We'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye.